melt into mist They'll no longer exist in the new world All your troubles bid you goodbye They will weaken and die as your new life unfurls Bury your pain, start life again in a world well, if that isn't one of the most recognizable, distinguished voices of this or any era, I don't know what is. You may remember that voice as a radio psychiatrist. You may remember him as a Boston barfly. Some of us even remember him as a starship captain. Uh, but these days, if you're in Atlantic City this weekend anyway, you will recognize that as the person who is serving you a pretty delicious beer. I, I am really, really pleased to welcome back to the show one of my favorites, legendary actor and producer, and now somebody that has just uh, exploded onto the beer scene, beer scene, the one and only Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey, thanks so much for joining me on the radio. Frank, it's a pleasure. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. It's great to talk with you again. I really enjoyed well, meeting you. The first question I have to ask you is, where did you find that, that recording? <laughs> <laughs> we do our homework is, on this show. Hey, I know you put a well, lot of work. amazing. <laughs> I, I, I recorded that stuff with Johnny Mann, like, in 91 or something. We never ended up releasing the album, but there was a, there was a lot of nice songs we did on it, and I thought, you know, maybe one day, but that's <laughs> really extraordinary. Uh, well, yeah. I'm glad we got to uh, play it on the radio, and I'm glad you're not yeah. going to sue us for uh, for using it. Now... No, uh, no, it's wonderful. It's fun to hear it again. We, we have uh, an enormous audience in Atlantic City. We do a specialized Atlantic City hour each week, so I love that you're oh. down there. Everybody is talking about this beer takeover that you're doing with Faith American Brewing. Um, you know, how is it down there in Atlantic City? What's the vibe and what are you doing down there at the Hard Rock exactly? Well, what's nice is that, um, there's a gal named Grace Chow that contacted us all back about, you know, the beer and maybe we could work something out. And uh, we just ended up sort of falling in love with everybody there. And uh, so we're opening up a big event sort of on the the, the heels of uh, the Sting concert, we're doing some stuff uh, cross-promotional for uh, for the beer, which is, you know, Faith American Ale, Faith American, um, Calico Man IPA, and Faith American uh, Blue, we call it. And it's, it's a New England-style hazy. So those three flavors are going to be sort of showcased in, in several different venues at Hard Rock. And I think we're starting a relationship with Hard Rock that's going to be um, a long, long uh, thing. And, uh, but, you know, listen, the beer is... You know, aptly named after my daughter, Faith, but also because of my faith in America. And, and uh, you know, we're going to be all right. We're just going to keep fighting and being productive and dream of commerce and do all the things we can and serve good beer. So I know last time you were in Atlantic City, one of the places you visited was the Irish Pub, which is very old school. It's celebrating its 50th yeah. anniversary this year. Now you're at Hard Rock. Doesn't get any newer than that. Literally, state of the, the art right. as they come. Um, now you've sort of seen both both sides of Atlantic City, the new and the old. Uh, do you think Atlantic City is making a comeback? I know you uh, spent a lot of time there in your youth. Right. Well, you know, I'd love nothing more because, I mean, uh, my grandmother used to say, she would tell this story of me when I stuck my hands in my pockets. I was wearing a little blue blazer in my, little, you know, gray flannel pants. And I said, Gam, I love Atlantic City. And uh, that was when I think I was six. <laughs> and so I've loved it for quite a while now. 
And um, I am an enthusiast, and I, I, I would say, you know, I, I, I would, wasn't so sure how the gambling thing was going to work out in Atlanta City originally, mm. and that, it seemed like, and then it seemed like it was a good thing, and then it seemed like, oh hell, it's, it's gone kind of sideways, and uh, but it, it, now it feels like there's another another push where Atlantic City may just start shining again. And I mean, because I love it there, and it just seems like. You know, she just needs a little fresh coat of paint and some love. And, and, uh, and this, this event, you know, I mean, Hard Rock is one of the nicest hotels I've ever seen. Uh, it's as good as the place I've been in, in Vegas, anywhere else. And my relationship with them now is something that I'm looking forward to, you know, sort of far a little bit better and, and, and establishing. Um, it's a great, great step. No, it's great that you're down there and it's great that you're, it's great to hear your enthusiasm and that you're so invested in Atlantic City. In addition to what you're doing. Oh, Irish pub. I'm going to be at Irish pub again. Oh, great. We go there all the time. Oh, terrific. That's great. Uh, Yeah. uh, Please give our best to Kathy Burke. Wish her a a happy anniversary uh, for us. But um, what is this dueling pianos uh, thing that you're doing at the Hard Rock? I know you're, as we just heard you singing there, you're as musically inclined as anybody. I've seen you on Broadway and Musicals like La Caja Fall, you're, yeah. you have a terrific yeah. voice and a great appreciation for music. But what is the dueling pianos thing that you're doing at the Hard Rock? Well, this was an idea they approached me with, and I thought, <laughs> oh, okay, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sit down and play the piano, even though I, I play a little bit. I'm, I'm not, I'm not in, in any mood for a duel on a piano. But they said, well, how about singing like a karaoke thing? And I said, well, yeah, you know, I could do a few songs. So I guess I'm going to do probably three or four songs, and other people step up and and they kind of improvise a karaoke uh, event with the, du- the dueling piano guys. And uh, I've been assured that they're fantastic. They're amazing. And I've, I've sent over a couple of songs that I could probably sing. You know, that I mean, Let's Dance by David Bowie is one of my sort of go-to karaoke things. But So I'll probably sing that. And uh, maybe a couple others. <laughs> well, that's outstanding. Uh, what a treat for the people that uh, that are in Atlantic City. Now, this Faith American Ale I tried when you were here in uh, in studio last. I haven't tried the IPA yet. If people aren't lucky enough to be in one of the places where you're doing one of these Faith American tap takeovers, how do they buy the beer? Because it is it is quite good. Right. Uh, I appreciate that. I'm I'm very very proud of the beer. It's basically it's it's distributed by Kramer Beverage right now throughout that area, southern New Jersey, and uh, we're pretty confident that they we're going to have a pretty good partnership. We got ourselves uh, growing pain as we uh, we kind of had to do an emergency brew of beer, so that's that's coming. Mm. And uh, come midweek next week, I think they'll start introducing it to the package stores around. But we had sort of an exclusive thing with uh, Hard Rock and with Cats for the first first uh, couple of rollouts. Um, we've had the the blue hazy was just added toward the end of February, so that's a, that's a new flavor that most people I think are really going to enjoy. But the ale's been out for you know about a year. There's there, it's been in stores, but we didn't have sellers yet. Mm-hmm. So you know it's it's we're taking it incrementally, bit at a time. Uh, but it should be pretty accessible. And if people really want to check out where we are, we should have that information. Website. Great. And the website is faithamericanbrewingcompany.com, faithamericanbrewingcompany.com. Yeah. Folks, folks can check it out. Now, I, uh, you know, when we spoke off air when you were in studio last, we, we talked about our shared love of history. I wish you had yeah. told me that you were doing this new Fox Nation show, which uh, just debuted and is going to make me do the one thing that I promised I would never do, and that's pay for another streaming service, because this history <laughs> show that you are doing on 
Fox Nation is just incredible. I've been talking about it all week, or since last week, actually. What is the story here? How did this project come to be, and what are you actually doing? Well, what's funny, our producing partner on this, a fellow uh, out of a company called Warm Springs, Mark Pierce is his name, and uh, he and I met four years ago and started talking about it was actually the Donner Party that I was really interested in at the time, and I, I still have some serious interest in doing a kind of a, a serialized, maybe a streaming um, long form for it uh, about the hardships of that particular journey across the country. But uh, he and I just connected, and when this battles thing came up, and then Fox said they wanted to re they wanted to sort of re uh, voice some of what Bill O'Reilly had done on the uh, Legends and Lies thing. I said, well, okay, let's do that. We'll tease that out, and then we'll do this history thing. So we've got the, the first six battles we've done, and uh, we're going to probably do some more and maybe expand out into a couple of other arenas that are you know sort That's of history-related in terms of uh, – the U.S. Yeah, it's called Kelsey Grammer's Historic Battles for America. So far, I've seen the Bunker Hill one. Do you find that mm-hmm. you're learning a lot about history yourself in doing this show, or was most of this material that you already knew? Well, what's weird is I, I kind of know it because my grandparents were really into it, and they raised me. They were really into American history. They had, a, you know, they had a kind of a um, an organic sense of their connection to American history, and they passed that on to me. We're not doing it in school anymore. Mm. There's no organic sense of what mm. the real history of America is, and so it suddenly became a bit of a mission and also a pleasure to just revisit some of these things. Uh, some of the information I, I did have, some of it, uh, when we do research, I'll say, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> then they'll check and say, well, it is kind of right. And I said, no, 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 we can't be saying that. That's not that's not what was going on. Um, people just there's a kind of a mission creep about all sorts of things. There's, and any number of different agendas want to sneak into a history program. But that's why they always say, you know, history is written by the, the winners, by the victors of the event. Oh, yeah, because um, they it's an opportunity to convince people of what you were thinking. And we're doing our best not to do that with this show. Yeah, uh, it's just just have it be a series of of relevant historical events that took place that led to, oh, this outcome or that outcome. The particular one about Bunker Hill is fairly funny because my, I'm related to General Putnam. And, uh, it's you know, it goes back a long way. But my grandmother used to say, don't fire until you see the whites of their eyes. That was <laughs> General Putnam. You know? and so it's, it was a real specific, real honest like sort of thing for me to be able to do it. Uh, that is, uh, that's terrific. We're talking with Kelsey Grammer. He seems as busy as ever. He's uh, d- launching all sorts of new shows. He's uh, expanding the Faith American Beer brand. If you're lucky enough to be in Atlantic City this weekend, you could not only sample some of the beer, but uh, maybe even see him play the piano at the Hard Rock. Uh, when I was promoting that I was uh, going to be able to talk to you again, the number one question that uh, even friends of mine were asking was, what is happening with the Frasier reboot? I know that you said that it was going to be on Paramount Plus and it, your character is in a new city. I think this is going to be the right. fifth series that you're playing Frasier Crane on. What's the story? When can we look forward to seeing it? Um, Frasier is, um, we've got a brand new script. I think I'm going to be reading it like tomorrow. <laughs> Terrific. <laughs> so I'll be making some notes and uh uh, we're pretty certain we're going to we're focusing on a, sometime in October to shoot the first episode and shoot the rest of them to the subsequent ones. They ordered 10 and then we'll uh, 
let them figure out how to roll it out and everything. But uh, I'm really excited. No, they, uh, excited so, about this story. so so are those of us that are fans. You know, uh, obviously, obviously, as a radio junkie myself, I loved <laughs> that you guys so captured the environment of a talk station, the weird characters, the host producer interaction, the bizarre yeah, right, callers, right. the element of unpredictability. I, did you? Prior to doing that show, did you listen to a lot of talk radio? Because you really captured the sort of gestalt of what it is to do this better than anybody. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, um, I didn't actually. I mean, I, if I recall, I would listen to Rush Limbaugh on my way into work back then. And that was still, it was still sort of a relatively new phenomenon. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that, that this sort of go-to, you know, um, radio uh, talk show thing. Uh the psychiatrist angle of it was obviously something I was acquainted with. I, I did meet with one gal who was uh, – oh, I don't even know if that's politically correct anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I, I, think, I think she would be quite happy to say that she was a, a female psychiatrist uh, who had done a talk show. And I said, well, the first, my first presumption about it is that you would want to do no harm, which is the, the biggest thing. And she said, that's exactly right. And so – she doesn't think she's going to solve anybody's problems, and that, I thought that was that was good too. But to point people in the right direction who maybe had a real serious problem, I thought was our responsibility, and and to actually make it entertaining at the same time. Mm, I, and so I, it seemed like the right right combination. It, there seemed like it seems like there are so many of these classic sitcoms that are coming back or getting a sequel. Not just sitcoms, but uh, dramas as well. For, uh, shows like Murphy Brown, yeah. Will and Grace, Roseanne, or the or yeah, the Connors. Yeah. Um, do you think that shows that America has a newly found sense of nostalgia, or is that representative of a dearth of new programming ideas, or is it something else? What, why or why are all these great shows from the '90s, the '80s, the early? 2000s making a comeback in the 2020s do you think i think honestly because they were they were funny mm. uh, you know, a lot of the that. newer stuff just, just isn't very funny mm. you know it's like it, it's a little i don't you know because I, I i honestly am not professional enough to watch everything so i can formulate an opinion <laughs> so my it's a bit of guesswork here but the shows that you just reeled off had an, an audience that was you know beloved by the audience the show was loved by the audience, and the audience was loved by the show. I mean, there was a relationship, and you could count on getting a good laugh there. And these days, you know, a lot of a lot of kids, a lot of things that happen with the phones and everything, you know, they're getting laughs off of you know somebody else's basically kind of um, scatological humor, you know, and uh, and that's fun, that's fine, but it's not refined humor. And the, the last place that they have to look to that had any kind of refined or sophisticated comedy is a show like Frasier. You've been very generous with your time. I won't keep you, but I, I know how passionate you are about the Catskills, and I know part of the reason yeah. that you launched Faith American was to help bring back the Catskills. How is the Catskills doing overall right now, and how does Faith American, how has it played into that Catskills revital, right, hmm. revitalization? Well, I think, I think people do identify the beer with the Catskills, which is what I was hoping to do. Uh, What's been remarkable about the lockdown, it drove a lot of people out of the city, and uh, it drove them out in a way that I just don't—I don't think they want to go back. So there's a lot of younger people that have come up to the Catskills, which actually I, that was as rare a sighting as any for the last 20 years to see anybody under the age of 30, uh, and to want to buy a home and to make a life there. And there's a new bakery in town, and there's stuff like that going on. And just that alone is enough to make me think, well. 
you know what, we're having some kind of an impact. And uh, when I got up there and I first bought my land about 26, seven years ago, uh, I'd walk the, the mountain and, and see this water coming out of the, the hill. And I think, my God, this is, Mm. This has got to be the best water in the world, and I would drink it. And all the all the houses on my property are spring fed. And it, it's fantastic. So I thought, well, I'm going to use this water and start a beer company. And then I found out that I couldn't use the water because it's in the watershed. <laughs> so it's like, oops. So I had to re kind of calculate <laughs> everything. But it's still our the legend of our beer comes from my home. Absolutely. All the all the labels, everything else is is basically based upon a site that's on my property. And uh, the rest of it is sort of up in the air. But we have a little tavern up there. It's open once in a while, for, like usually for special events. And uh, we serve beer. Well, and, uh, I, so that's that's the beginning. I will look forward uh, to the next special event that you're up there to pay pay a visit to that tavern. Hopefully we could even thanks, do the man. show from there. Kelsey Grammer, thanks so oh, much for great. the time. I really appreciate it. It's always a real treat to talk with you. I hope we can do it again soon. Likewise, Frank. Thank you so much. Thank you. FaithAmericanBrewingCompany.com is the website if you want to learn more. If you want to comment on any portion of our conversation, give me a call, 1-800-848-WAB. And as Fraser Crane might say, I'm listening. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.